do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 550. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. We are recording on Sunday afternoon. We usually record on Monday morning. Why are we recording earlier today? So today is May 31st, and um, not only are we just, at least in Illinois, beginning phase three of the pandemic, but there are also protests all over the country uh, that started in uh, Minnesota um, and have now progressed all around the country. Most um, major cities. Most major cities. Uh, definitely in Chicago last night, there was a curfew imposed. And, um, you know, Todd and I have been talking since all of this began, you know, how many ever, you know, how many days ago, um, about how we want to discuss this issue. And we decided that there's no, we just need to tape this show because everything's going to change this afternoon. It'll change the next day. Everything is changing. But what we want to talk about regarding the protests um, is what we can do. Okay. And and when I even say that, I kind of cringe because Todd and I are looking to other people. We have teachers that we are, um, you know, we're reading their material. We're on social media. We're reading books. We are connecting with people that are um, smarter than we are about these things. And we are doing our best to find a way um, to be productive citizens. But more important, and this is, I think, why we're doing this show, is to use this platform so everybody can see these connections. When Todd and I talk about Zen parenting and we talk about self-awareness, this is a piece of it. What's this? Race. Race is a piece of it. You have to be clear about how you feel about race, regard race, talk about race, don't talk about race, what you read, what you listen to, what you say, and what you don't say. This is really deep work. And the reason that I feel like we can say that is that we've been doing a lot of deep work um, and it's never ending. And Todd and I, uh, you know, I'll just speak about us personally for a second, um, have realized so much about ourselves and each other over the course of the last four or five years um, in regards to our own racism. Mm -hmm. And that racism is not a behavior. It is not what you post or don't post on Instagram. It's what's living inside of you. It is what you were taught. It is what you marinated in as a child and as a young adult and still today. It's what you read and don't read. It's your perspectives that go unchecked. Um, there is, this is self-awareness work and it's completely connected to everything else we talk about on this show. And, and for me, it's a lifelong journey. Correct. We never arrive. Nope. Um, I've been doing some work on racism on the fringes over the last few years. I have so much more work to do. Yes. Um, and it's funny when we took our walk this morning, we were even talking about, you know, like what exactly, um, you know, are we talking just from our own individual mm -hmm. perspective? Are we're certainly not pointing the finger, telling anybody what to do. Correct. We So we're not pointing the finger, yet at the same time, I want to talk more than just about the I, I want to talk about the we. Right. And you and I talked about this morning about like- Who's the we? Who's the we? Mm -hmm. And the we is our audience. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this, you listen to the podcast. 
and most of our audience mm-hmm. is predominantly white. There's uh-huh. plenty of men and women of color that listen to us, but mostly it's white. Majority. So I just want to be clear at as we go through this next 30 minutes or however long we talk for, um, we just want to provide a vehicle of resources so that we can all do our own work. And through that process, give you the resources that Todd and I are using because we are not the teachers of race. We are students. We are the ones who are looking to, I look to the majority of teachers that I have online um, are African-American women, black women who I have been reading their work and listening to what they say and becoming a student, not only of what they're saying, but of myself, mm-hmm. of allowing what they say to penetrate and make me uncomfortable. I haven't, the, the discomfort for the last four years of um, this process practice, this dismantling of racism in, in me, of the unlearning process has been super uncomfortable. And when you feel that discomfort, I want you to know that that's exactly what should be happening. It's just like when we, and, I, and I'm trying to relate this back to what Todd and I talk about on the show for the last 10 years. It's like when we say to you, you have to look at your own history and trauma if you want to give and offer your kids something different. Yeah. You have got to look at your history with sex and your history with what you think about sex in order to offer your kids freedom rather than shame and guilt. It's exactly the same with race. You have got to look at what you grew up with, and you have got to be willing to unlearn things that were harmful, hurtful, made anybody a they, made anybody non-human or dehumanized, and you have to be willing to learn something new that may disrupt what you thought was your foundation in regards to this country, in regards to yourself or your family or your race, it's super uncomfortable. So it would also be really great if you, if you and your partner like could have these conversations, you know how we say, talk to your partner about the things that are going on with your parenting or things that are going on with your own life or work. This is also a conversation that is important with your partner. You want to know why? Because you are raising a new generation. And what are you telling your children about race? Or what are you asking them about? What are you talking to them about? And if they came to you, would you be clear about what you believe? Yeah. So a a few things that I'm, you know, just speaking personally, my hope, because I feel like this is all happening for my own growth. Like what can I learn from the horrific images that we've all seen on the TV? Yeah. We haven't even said his name, George Floyd. Yes. George Floyd passed away last week and we all, because it was recorded, watched it Mm -hmm. in for nine minutes, Todd. Mm -hmm. And we all watched it. And that's the issue right there. Well, and just speaking from my own perspective, I have a pattern of sticking my head in the sand Mm -hmm. and not looking at uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. This obviously was a horrific thing. I did eventually watch it. It took me a few days because my privilege didn't need to look at it. Mm -hmm. My privilege could ignore it because my life went on as usual Mm -hmm. without seeing it. Mm -hmm. So my goal for me is to get my head out of the sand, Mm -hmm. for me to own my own racism, Mm -hmm. which I have, Mm -hmm. 
for me to you are in the process, which I'm in the process yes, of trying to evolve through. Some Correct. of it's unconscious. Correct. Some of it's sub semi-conscious and some of it's overt. Un- right. Right. I want to be able to have conversations with you, mm-hmm. with my daughters, mm-hmm. with our audience, mm-hmm. with the men in my life. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to take a risk. Mm-hmm. I want to put myself out there as best I can to stand up and be the person that I want to be proud of. And looking back on this time is how did I show up? Correct. And that, you know, one of the things that on that note, Todd, that I was reading about was I noticed that, um, okay, a few things. Oh, shoot. I wanted to find the right. Well, let me just say this. Uh, Bernice uh, King, you know, one of um, uh, Martin Luther King's daughters. Oh, I found it. Here it is. She wrote on the 29th, so two days ago. Don't act like everybody loved my father. My father was assassinated. A 1967 poll reflected that he was the one, one of the most hated men in America. Most hated. Many who quote him now and evoke him to deter justice today would likely hate and may already hate the authentic king. Mm-hmm. So why that's important is this is... Um, you know, this is the understanding of that we now, because that's in history and there's no risk to take, we can all put up a quote of Martin Luther King, yep. or we can use his name to say, be more like Martin Luther King. But I think, you know, I also read, you know, obviously I just read her t- her tweet, but I also read that it was like 23% of the population supported MLK. Mm. Like 23%. It's very similar, if not the exact same, as far as like our general public about how people treat Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. You know, here's a man who said, okay, I am going to risk everything and I'm going to kneel peacefully. And he did research to figure out what he should do and how he should do to make an impact. You know that story, yeah. right? And did it and is not playing football anymore and was called disrespectful by our own president and by many people who support him and many people who may don't may not support him but still think he's being disrespectful to the flag. Yeah. And I'm putting a question mark on that. And then so we have to start this even this question and having this conversation if it be with your partner, if it be with a group of friends, if it be with your children. See, here's the thing. Two nights ago, we're having dinner, and I said, "Girls, do you guys know what's going on?" in Minnesota, I, I want to talk to you about it as if I'm going to be the first one. And of course, my daughters, and when I say, of course, my daughters, I don't mean because our daughters, daughters are on their phones. They know this. They is going know on. what's going on. Not only that, they were telling me all of their, the influencers that they're following yeah. and what they're saying. They're like, mom, you got to read what um, Billie Eilish said. You got to read this. You got to read this. And they were already on their stories, posting things yeah. about Black Lives Matter. My daughters were way ahead of me. And I almost felt like, oh, like I'm, you know, even though we bring these things up when they happen, um, you know, because they happen all the time, everybody, I often feel like I'm late to the party and that my children's generation is already, you know, they've already taken steps. They're already making their posts. They're already reading about what needs to be done. Um, So I guess my point is, is our generation, the majority of people who listen to this show, we need to remember what was happening before and how it mimics what's happening now. That necessitates reading and becoming educated about our country and its history. If it be like, you know, I mean, we could go through a whole list. I've got a a million books in front of me here, but start with the 1619 podcast. 
Start with, I mean, it won a Pulitzer Prize this year. Did you end up listening to all of that, Todd? I listened to the first few and then I got lazy and didn't listen to it anymore. Right. And it is, and it's so interesting because I even saw things, I I took myself off Twitter a while ago, um, but I remember when it first came out, you know, people are saying, oh, this this isn't true and this isn't our country and this this is the problem. When people who, when we're unable to even look at, you know, our history. Well, and it, uh, this picture that you sent to me that I'm sure uh-huh. a lot of people have seen on social media, it's a pitch, it's a photo of seven different pictures kind of combined in a collage. And on the top, it has a picture of one of the protests that were going on where they lit a car on fire. Uh-huh. And it says, why can't you protest peacefully? And, and my judgment is that's the way certain white people say, why can't you folks protest peacefully? Well, we heard it. We see it. And then the other six picture is there's a very peaceful pros- uh, presentation in the streets, um, protest in the streets, and it says not like that. And then has a picture of a bunch of NFL players kneeling, not, not like, like that. that. Has a picture of LeBron, and he has a Colin, he, his microphone has CC on it. I assume that's for Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Not like that. Uh, it should be CK if it's Colin Kaepernick. Oh, I just oh, I'm sorry, that's Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know why they have LeBron as far as that's, probably because he's just speaking. Yeah, out. he's just speaking his uh-huh. truth. And then these women from the Academy Awards. Uh huh. Who are they? Um, what movie were they doing? Um, um they did Hidden Hidden Figures. figures. Mm-hmm. And and then there's a picture. So of Kobe. basically, they won an award, yeah. and then they spoke out during an award show. Not like don't, that. And then there's a picture of Kobe, and he has an I can't breathe T-shirt on. Not like that. So people who want to protest can't win. Right. There's nothing. So if if we're not going to accept that kind, people are going to figure out other ways to protest that's going to get our attention. And it's not even figure out. They get pushed to. Yeah. You know, it's a, you know, and again, this is where I kind of like want to rein it in because we should not be the the ones teaching this. Like the Todd and I spent, we were up last night for hours just, you know, we watched Trevor, what Trevor Noah had to say. Um, you know, Rachel Cargill did a talk yesterday about this. I mean- this is, you know, even, you know, watching what Lori Lightfoot was talking about last night, um, the new chief of police in Chicago, uh, Jamal Cole, who was at our conference, our Zen Parenting Conference uh, in 2019, he spoke um, to everyone in Chicago today during a press conference. Um, we should be listening. Like we, again, I, I keep saying this because it's this fine balance, yeah. this thread that we're trying to walk between Todd and I are not the teachers, but we have to speak up. Right. And what that means is it may be messy because I know that we will get pushback and I understand that. And that is, and pushback from both sides, meaning don't be the teacher. And also you guys are wrong, yeah, or whatever it we, may we be. We got to find this very small place kind of, kind of to your point, because it's time for me to just listen and educate and listen to people and their story. But if we're silent... But if we're silent, that's not good no. because we have... Everybody has a platform. Everybody listening to this has a platform. Even if it's a platform at your kitchen table with your partner or your kids, we all have people in our lives that we have some influence over yep. or have you know, a relationship with. Um, I need to speak up yeah. more yeah. to the people that... I happen to be in relationship with. Who know you and love you and you have the ability to influence. Now, it's not going to, us saying things is not going to change everything. It's, first of all, what Todd and I discussed, what we've been discussing for years, is this work starts with us, meaning Todd and I, 
if it be about race or anything else, we are trying to find our own integrity because if you are living in, in your, your integrity, if you are saying the truth, if you are speaking up and being yourself, everything flows better. You feel better. Your whole sense of being is better and you are more authentic with other people. So this is just another opportunity. We are internally processing through what is what is ugly, what we have not been willing to look at, what we have not been willing to say, and the silence that we have been living. Mm-hmm. And we and then so that needs to be worked through. And at the same time, we need to be listening. Yeah. So again, I know that we're it sounds like we're all over the place. You want to know why? Because this is messy. I'm confused. I'm scared. I'm yep. sad. I'm angry. Yeah as is many other people out there in this country. So you talked about Trevor, you, you, you and I watched Trevor as a 19 minute YouTube clip mm-hmm. or wherever that was, mm-hmm. you know, cause one of the things that Kathy and I want to make sure you do in the show notes, there's going to be things that you can click on to inform yourself. Not only things to inform yourself, but I want to, and I know you're going to watch, you're going to talk about Trevor, but people in, you know, people that you need to follow Austin Channing Brown, um, um, Layla, um, Saad, uh, you need to follow Jamal Cole at My Block, My Hood, My City, if, especially if you're from Chicago. Um, Mothers Against Senseless Killings, which is Tamar um, Manasseh's group. Um, so all this will be in the show notes. Yes. You know, there, there, and we could, I feel like we could just do a show alone just saying all these people, sure. but it's a lot easier to click on. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry. I no, interrupted okay. you. No, that's as okay. As you were talking about Trevor. No, I just, I mean, Trevor, it was stream of consciousness. Trevor Noah, who hosts The Daily Show, I don't think he did much planning when he was no, no, talking. He just spoke. It seemed it was off the cuff. And it was just really, really interesting to me. And I think if I tried to summarize it, it would be a disservice to his words. Me too. But it really made me think long and hard about who I am, where we live, our society. So yeah, it's just an invitation to click on the the thing in the show notes that says Trevor Noah. And just to start seeing the threads and not the surface, it's just like what we need to do in life in every aspect. When we something that, you know, we talk about on the show all the time is like what's underneath the surface? Like we look at surface things and we point to and we say, This is it. But why? What it's not you know, when people are pointing to because there's obviously rioting and looting going on and why? How did it get here? It's not just that's bad. That needs to be, that's the only thing we're going to focus on. There is this whole thread of events going back hundreds of years. This is what I mean about it's following people on social network, but it's also doing our own work on reading about, you know, the new Jim Crow, you know, by Michelle Alexander or reading, you know, um, you know, Ta-Nehisi Coates's book, you know, Between the World and Me, which was so influential in understanding, for me, understanding how an African-American dad, a black dad talks to his black son. Like the, I, you have to read, this is what empathy is, is stepping in other people's shoes and realizing instead of just from our limited perspective of our lives, realizing how other people experience, not just feel, but experience the world we live in. So when I was watching some of the footage last night of people going into the stores and stealing and taking things from it, I said to you, I'm sad because this is a distraction from what this is all about, Correct. which is um, a white police officer kneeled on a black man's neck until he died. And I feel like even that thought, like this is such a distraction, I could 
people can come at me like, no, this is not a distraction. This is what you have to exactly absorb so you can, so we can cultivate some change. So I'm just so confused by this whole topic in that I just feel like if I say that, oh, I, I, that this is a distraction from the issue. No, maybe this is the main part of the issue so we can understand how some people feel so... Um, angry. Angry. Unseen. Unseen. Unheard. What do we do? And th- and think about the lead up. Yeah. It's not... Because you just said because of the, uh, George Floyd who was, yeah. was murdered. What about Amy Cooper? Right. You know? What about... Brianna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Eric Garner. Yeah, who was killed by two men who just decided they were going to take the law into their own hands. And their government said, their local government, we're not going to do anything about that. And that, and, you know, Trayvon Martin. And, you know, it's not just George Floyd. No. And it's not just the last four years. No. And it's not just, you know, and the civil rights movement didn't, solve everything and the, you know, it's everything. And that's why, you know, my voice shakes as I talk about this because I'm so uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable too. Meaning I keep saying the same things to you guys. Like I'm in this like unlearning phase as well. And so I really like to come on the show and be like, everybody, here's something I know and my experiences and my, and I am going through this yeah. with everybody. Um, it's very uncomfortable. And I... And we got to swim in our own discomfort. And we got to swim in it. So a few things I want to say, Todd, about... So the first thing, you know, just to kind of put some parameters around what we're discussing here, dismantling the racism in yourself, which is, like Todd said, an ongoing process. It's a learning experience. It's not about telling people. And that's, again, this is the paradox. It's not about telling people how you're doing it. Yes, Yet here we are on a show doing that. So uh, we see the paradox, believe me. Um, talking about your history, unlearning, practicing your own self-awareness, figuring out what you want to talk to your kids about, talking to your kids, allowing them to teach you about their experience. Open your heart and see the pain. Looting is pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. And turned outwards. It, it turned out it is pain. And can you see that rather than just point and on that surface level and say criminals, criminals which is just uh, been a struggle for us the last couple of nights. Um, so, again, that racism is not just your overt behavior. Everybody wants to say, not me, not me, not me. It's what's going on inside of you that you are not looking at or are unwilling to talk about. Um, So I wanted to just read a few things that I wrote down just because I feel like they need to be shared. The police chief in Tennessee in Chattanooga on Wednesday said that officers who don't have an issue with the arrest of um, George Floyd, who is the unarmed black man who died this week um, after being, you know, being pinned to the ground and having the officers kneeling on his neck. um, He said, there is no need to see more of this video, the police police chief said his name is David Roddy. There's no need to wait and see how this plays out. There is no need to put a knee on someone's neck for nine minutes. There is a need to do something. And if you wear a badge and you don't have an issue with this, then turn it in. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that, first of all, because it was such a relief to hear that right afterwards where we didn't have to have this big political discussion. And then people decided what they should say. He said it immediately. Um, and I also wanted to say his name because he is, he put that on Twitter and said that. Um, and 
I feel like, and I, I think you and I both agree, this feels different. The fact that people are, you know, like a police chief saying enough also. Yeah. I just watched a video before we came downstairs of um, a police chief in Flint, Michigan, who took off his helmet told all of his uh, officers to put their batons down, talked to the crowd, the the protesters, and said, we're with you. What can we do? Mm -hmm. The protesters said, walk with us. And they said, we're here. Let's go. Let's walk. Let's make this a parade. Mm -hmm. And, and why I'm pointing this out is we're noticing the looting. We're noticing the fires. That is real. We cannot look away. But there are also people who are trying new things. There are people who are showing up in the morning with their children and saying, we're going to help clean up. Yeah. They are bringing groceries to communities who have, you know, it's like a food desert. And the people who live there need to have support right now in the midst of these protests. There are people helping. And there's also the looting. Yeah. They're both are going on at the same time. So to only see one thing is not seeing the big picture. Yeah, that doesn't mean just look at the helpers. Right. We have to look, have to look at, at the, the suffering. Mm -hmm. But if we only look at the suffering, I don't feel like we're going to get as far as quickly. We got to look at both sides Correct. of it. Because human nature, we all have yin yang. a gold and a shadow, a yin and a yang, a good and a bad, a dark and a light. And we need to look at both. And my, you know, once again, I'm owning my own unconsciousness here. I have a pattern of looking away from the bad. Because you can. Because I can. And that's privilege. Yeah. Same with me. A hundred percent. I can decide that that's just not something I want to look at today because it's not affecting me personally in this moment. But I also know the big picture, which is what makes my stomach hurt, which is it's affecting all of us, anybody who is affected. It, it's the, we're all interconnected. It is all of us. It starts to sound very cliche, but I know it, which is why when I don't speak it, I don't feel good because we all know that we're interconnected and what's going on in our cities is about us. It's not about them and us. It's about us, all of us. Um, so I guess the next thing, which we've already kind of said is for you, everybody here, um, you know, find your own teachers and your accountability partners. If it be some of the people that Todd and I are suggesting and that we're going to have in the show notes or, um, people that you have found teachers that you have found, you know, share those with your friends, continue to follow them. Um, you know, make it a point to, you know, read some books this summer Inform yourself. about, yes. And, and, you know, of course you can take breaks, you know, because sometimes you read a book and you need some time to consider what you just took in. It's not about overboard. It's about some, it's about enough. It's about an opening. It's about, um, a willingness. Well, you know, I'm kind of all over the place with you here. So just bear with me, so but just, I. you know, just Everywhere. like the, the Facebook posts of like, we got to do better, like those very shallow. Yeah. Who is that? Who are we talking to? And once again, I go back to where I started in the beginning. Like, there's no risk there. I know. There's no risk. I know. And I judge that because I was tempted to do something like that too last night. I chose not to do it, but I was not doing that to make the world a better place. That was there to make me feel better Eagle. about myself. Yeah. So that I can say, I posted something. Now I'm off the hook. Exactly. Um, so, you know, from a very kind of raw, naked, vulnerable place, Kathy and I don't have any freaking answers 
at all. Well, and this is what I'll say about teachers is, is I wanted to give a shout out to a few people in my life who have been really helpful just in the last couple of days. Um, because when you find teachers or when there's, when you have accountability partners, if it be your literal partner in your home or people who are giving you information that is new, get prepared to be pushed and get prepared to be uncomfortable because that's what it means to have an accountability, if it be a partner or teacher. That's what it means. So the first person that uh, texted me, it was, was it just yesterday? Did Jenny just text me yesterday? Friday. Okay. And she, uh, one of my best girlfriends who is raising two uh, black men, two young men, one of them is actually very young, but her other son is Cameron's age, I think. Mm -hmm. He's a teenager. And she said, have you done a show about race yet? And we've done 550 and we have not, we've spoken, we've about, spoken race, about race, but we've never done mm-hmm. a show about race. Specifically where we said, this is the only Probably thing because about. I was too scared to. Well, and we did, we went around it. We did like, let's talk about Brian Stevenson and Just Mercy. Let's talk about, you know, Between the World and Me. But we didn't say that, we we just, it's like we did the safest way yep. of talking about it. So Jenny was like, um, can you, you know, can you talk? you know, have you considered? Um, so to her, um, to your friend, Eric, who pushes you in the tribe Mm -hmm. to be more inclusive, uh, not your, to actively be inclusive of men of color. Meaning of course you're, you're like, Oh yes, anybody, but to actively, he just said, I just got off the phone with me. He's like, unless you have intention, it's never going to change. So I need for my men's group. I intentionally want to, be more interesting to men of color. And I haven't done a good job of that. Mm-mm. And I need to do better. Same goes for our own audience. Absol- parenting. Absolutely. And th- and that's like, I was going to say, like Tony Porter, who was our speaker at the conference this year, we talked to him a lot, you know, leading up to the conference. And he would ask us, it would be the first thing, you know, so, you know, how are you doing on making sure your community is diverse? And, you know, we would... It would do the thing that people do where we say, no, no, you don't understand, Tony. You know, you're going to come in and talk about race. And last year we had Jamal and um, last year we had Julie Lithcott-Hames. And he's like, no, no, I'm not talking about the people on your stage. I'm talking about your audience. And this is the, and this is why I'm talking about discomfort is because Todd and I want – we were talking to Tony thinking, aren't we doing a good job? Look at us. And he's saying, no, no you're, you're not. not. And then I called my – this is the next person I want to be grateful for, my friend Manisha, and said – kind of told her like, oh, you know. I just, Tony doesn't understand what we do. And I felt ashamed, you yeah. know, and I felt – he doesn't understand that I'm trying. And she's like, Kathy, what you're telling me right now, what you're feeling, this is your white fragility. Yeah. Why can't you just hear him? And instead of – feeling bad and going into the shame spiral and instead of pushing back on him and saying, no, no, look at all these things he's saying, great, that's not what I'm talking about. And and, and what he was ha- talking about is can we have more people of different backgrounds, races in our audience? Right. And most of the 90% of our audience at least is, you know, white. They look like us. They look like us. Let's be, you know. And I could hide like, oh, well, I don't have any control over that. Well, well then, you've said that before. Well, well then yeah. figure out how to get some influence. And that's the difference is that's what Tony's trying to say. Oh, yeah. He's like, I understand. It's it's very common. Yeah. You know, people, you know, it makes sense that you live in a suburb, you're, you know, white people, that's going to be your yeah. audience. But he's like, be active Get creative. Um, and so I appreciate Manisha saying, I'm hearing you, but this is also white fragility, yeah. FYI. So- these are. This is what I'm talking about. Is like people in our lives who say, 
you, you know, and if you haven't read the book, uh, White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, that's another one for you, um, what white fragility means and what it looks like. Um, and that was a perfect example of somebody pointing out to us something obvious and us saying, no, no, what about the fact that we've done this and this? If you get defensive, then there's something in it for you to learn. Right. And I get defensive when I get challenged by anybody, including Tony, and then I have to look inward. I have to look at the ugliness, the messiness. That's right. And take a deep dive through it. Just like, do you see, and and I keep trying to bring the thread in, just like what Todd and I talk about on the show all the time, the defensiveness we get with each other, the defensiveness we get with our children or our co workers. Underneath that is something else. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means there's something you need to unlearn. Hmm. There's something you need to look at and consider. There's something that possibly was in, you know, again, in the water we we grew up in that taught us something that we haven't even reconsidered. And this is what you know, maturity is about and growing up and evolving. Well, another good litmus test, like I can list a few things that I've done that I think supports equality for all, but it's not, that's a good way of figuring out whether or not you're doing something for the right reason. Because if I do it, I'm like, Hey, look at me, look at, I did, I just did this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm looking for a pat on the back, then I know I have work to do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, in in definitely in this area, in the yes. area of race, um, but true in in everything. Yeah. As far as you know, uh, people, you know, that's what people use social networking for is to make me feel good about myself. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing, and then pat me on the back. And one of the um, and I'm going to find her name because I don't want to not but- use her name, but. Um, one of the things that she was saying yesterday, our friend Debbie Reber posted a video that I watched again. It was another 10 or 15 minute video. And the woman who was speaking in the video, and I'll find her name, um, kept saying, quit asking for a cookie. Mm -hmm. Quit asking for a cookie every time you do something or say something that makes you feel good, like you're somehow, you know, an an ally. Mm -hmm. And she was like, um, I just, I used that all morning with Todd. I'm like, we got to quit asking for cookies. And we have to be better listeners. So go ahead. Well, and what that is, that's extrinsic motivation. Yes. And that's the inside job that we started this podcast with. Right. This is not about anything outside of us. This is us looking inward, changing ourselves so that we can show up and be a better human being on this planet than we were yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. And um, as I'm looking at this, did you read Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's? Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah. It was so good. So this woman's name is Rachel Rogers. The woman who, um, the video that our friend Debbie Reber um, posted. So I would recommend that you go. It'll be in the show notes. Rachel, yeah. So her name is Rachel Rogers. And I, and it's powerful. So um, the last thing, at least for me, Todd, I don't know if where you are, but is the, you know, we said dismantling our own racism and mm-hmm. you know that practice that goes on throughout our lifetime. Number two, finding your teachers and accountability partners, recognizing that you are a student. And then how do you use your platform? And sometimes we use the word platform, it sounds really businessy. Yeah. But what I mean what what I mean in this moment is your family. Because what you know, for those of us, let's take business out of it. What are you talking to your kids about? What is the what message are we sending to the next generation? What are we telling them about who we are and what we believe in? Um, this is basically your family is your platform, you know, and you have an opportunity to not only be 
a student and then teacher to your children, but also allow your children to talk about what they're learning. Because my daughters have been very open with me about what goes on in their school. And some things are not, don't feel like they're getting better. Yeah. Like my children are being exposed because of social networking and the influencers to a very open-minded perspective. But then in their everyday life, they're seeing things that are concerning. And to have the opportunity to allow your kids to talk about that and share that and figure out what they can say and do in the midst of that is powerful. Well, and I want to expand your definition of Please. platform because Please. I do feel like obviously we should be talking to our kids about these very important issues. And, you know, this goes back to whatever my fourth step was is take a risk. Like I was just talking to a friend of mine and he was talking to one of his bosses and his bosses said something. This is back when Colin Kaepernick was uh, in, in the in the main news feed. And, uh, you know, he said something like, well, why does he have to do that or something like that? And my friend, you know, he decided not to say anything Mm -hmm. because it scared him because it's his boss. We got to take risks. I need to take risks. And so the platform is not just your family. Platform starts with you and then maybe goes to your family. But then can you take a risk with when your boss says something that you think deserves a little bit, I don't know, a discussion. A discussion. Yep. Or when you're on the on the basketball court or when you're at the bar with the guys. I'm, I'm going through the lens of a guy. How guy, Or when you're talking to a coworker, mm-hmm. expand your platform and show up in a way that makes you proud and step into your discomfort. The discomfort that, that I'm exposing myself to, that I'm referring to, is so small. Can you imagine what it's like for an African-American mom who's raising a son, Yeah, that's, that's risk. Mm-hmm. That's daily. Discomfort. That's daily moment to moment worry. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that I might be looked at by a friend as me being a little, you know, oppositional. That's mm-hmm. really no risk. Well, and that's why educating yourself is so powerful because the more you start to learn and unlearn and have new teachers, your conversation with people gets more refined. Like what I have found, what I was saying maybe four or five years ago sounded so jumbled and I still sound jumbled at you guys. I know that, you know, like I said, this is, I'm, I'm figuring this out as I go along. Um, is that now because I've read more, I have things that I say that I think make a hell of a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And the person across from me still may want to disagree, but I feel in my integrity, like I'm not trying to convince you of something. So I win. I'm not trying to be, um, your teacher. I am trying to say, you may think that, but here's what I know. Yeah. And here's what I have experienced. And here, you know, I can't tell you how often, uh, you know, my students, my college students are, have been my teachers as far as opening to my, my eyes about what's going on in their neighborhood because vast majority of my students are Latinx and African-American. I mean like 90%. And they will give their presentations at the end of the semester. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do it this year um, because everything was e-learning. But they tell me what they're doing in their communities. And I haven't even heard of these programs. Mm-hmm. Why, have, why haven't I as a social worker in this community, why do I even not even know what they're doing? And why is, and, and that is 
and I don't want to, it's not like, oh, that's my bad. I mean, it is, but why am I only hearing about the negatives? Why on the media is that all we're seeing and why? And so my point is, is that we have this opportunity to, like Todd said, to speak to others more coherently if we are willing to do some learning on our own time. Yeah. If we are willing, then we don't have to yell at someone and tell them they're an idiot or a racist. That's that's not a worthy conversation. Yeah. It is here I hear what you're saying. Now here's what I have learned. Yeah. Or this has been my experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's for inform yourself, which is something I haven't been very good at lately. Have a conversation and take a risk. That's my goal for myself. And if that resonates with anybody else out there, I in, invite you to do the same thing. So this was a really beautiful word art that Cleo Wade did. Um, she's an author. And obviously, like I said, she literally does word art where her book is just written so beautifully. And you know, this kind of speaks to this last thing Todd and I are talking about. The world will say to you, we need to end racism. Start by healing it in your own family. The world will say to you, how do we speak to bias and bigotry? Start by having the conversation at your own kitchen table. The world will say to you, there is too much hate. Devote yourself to love. Love yourself so much that you can love others without barriers and without judgment. So the self-awareness piece that Todd and I talk about on this show all the time in how we relate to the people around us and our family, that self-awareness piece also comes into play when we're talking about race. How much do you care for yourself gives you that opening to care about others. This is These are not isolated things, you guys. This is all interconnected. And these fundamental principles that we talk about on this show, mindfulness, compassion, empathy, these are all related to how we show up when it comes to race. Um, and self-awareness is the key component. Um, so part of me wants to tie a nice bow on this con- discussion. There is no way to do there that. There is no way There's to do no that. good way to do that. This is messy. I need to keep embracing the mess and seeing how I'm going to show up. So... Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of looking through, um, um, and I, I think, I, yeah, I think we're done. I mean, there's like, if for those of you who are active readers like we are, um, you know, there's like a million things that we could point to right now. You know, so many quotes that people have said over the weekend, so many, um, so many people we could refer to, but I am done for today. And then, Let's put in our show notes um, all of our teachers and maybe everybody else can share their own, mm-hmm. um, obviously through social networking or just in your own communities. And let's keep learning and growing together and knowing that part of growth is this discomfort that I'm feeling right now about everything going on and what goes on inside of me. Um, and that, and Todd, I appreciate you having these conversations mm. all the time me too, with sweetie. me and um that's it that's it take care everybody yeah take care thanks for listening everyone remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave a five-star review on itunes it helps people find us also subscribe and review our pop culturing podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. 
Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.